From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parman and McCready, Clark Florida Studio this morning. Today uh, on the show in about uh, 25 minutes, we'll talk with Loman's assistant Carl Lafferty about the uh, the new spring sport rules, what baseball is going to do, or at least what they know of at the moment. All the uh, all the answers are not known. We'll talk about that with uh, with him and, uh, and more today as we try to uh, stay with you for our normal hour, 15, whatever it is that we uh, do every single day on a podcast brought to you by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Use the Speed Pass Plus app. Use that touch much. You can uh, you can get your fuel. You can get on with your day without uh, risking as or risking as little as uh, as possible with that. Also, go next door to the Oxford Crystal. You can use the drive-through. You can put uh, your name and number in a uh, fishbowl they have there with the uh, drive-through on April 27th. They're going to draw one um, one name out of all of their crystal locations across the state of Mississippi. Free crystal for a year for the uh, winner for that, and then every Friday they are uh, feeding people. <clears throat> that have a need as well as uh, first responders and the like there from uh, the Oxford Crystal. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in <clears throat> Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call the number, ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's that simple, right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and uh, the rest is up to you. You can shop it around, or you can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do ultimately, and that's get into a Clark Ford. You'll love the service. Uh, you'll love the product, of course. And uh, Corey and those guys will take care of you um, throughout your car buying experience. So 662-257-1900. And uh, guests join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. You guys know the deal. It's almost a depressing update at this point. But uh, at some point, Rafters and, and – uh, Places like Rafters will be open, and when they are, uh, remember them and uh, hit them up. Uh, they're home to the Bluegrass uh, Bluegrass Brunch, uh, mimosas and uh, Bloody Marys, chicken and waffles and all of that stuff there at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. One of the uh, friends of the pod, we have him on a pretty good bit. Credit to Stephen Godfrey. He's going to uh, practice gluttony for good calls here soon. Uh, that McDonald's meme that had been going around the internet the last uh, few days. So far, that has raised $5,686 for the Nashville area for food banks and, and the different ways that they are. They've got, a, they've got a food writer in Nashville that's figuring out where it should go, how to kind of coordinate it. But uh, you'll be able to watch if you'd like Godfrey eat a bunch of really bad McDonald's food here coming up uh, soon for a good call. Uh, I for, remember when the last time I ate something from McDonald's. It's it is it is the worst fast food for me by far. I just don't like it at all. I, I it doesn't it doesn't taste like real food if that makes sense. Does I can't that, does remember. Sense? I can't remember the last time I had fast food. Like, I don't think I've had Chick Fil A in two years. You can eat healthy Chick Fil A. That wouldn't. Yeah, but I haven't. I haven't. I just don't do it because it's too tempting going through the line. I can't remember the last time. Been a long time. The uh, the 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 way this started was somebody said, "Hey, if somebody gave you thirty five hundred dollars, could you finish this in ninety minutes?" And what it is for anybody who's been under a rock, I haven't seen this on social media. It's three double quarter pounders, Oof. a single quarter pounder, two things of fries, 
two large chicken nuggets, which I'm, I think is 10 per thing. It might be 20, though. I'm having a hard time counting them in the carton. Um, and then, to me, what will be the hardest part, because once you've eaten all that, you're going to be full, it's four medium soft drinks. Ooh. So we're talking about 80 ounces of in 90 liquid. minutes? I mean, yeah, that was the initial rule. I, I, Godfrey actually thinks he can do it in 30. I don't think I could do it. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I could. I mean, because if you puke or something, that that you're out, right? I guess. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I mean, we haven't made a lot of rules here. The money's donated either way. It's just giving it a shot. But yeah. I I think the soft drinks are the hardest part. I think the nuggets are probably the next hardest part. Um, I think the burgers and fries are doable. Just kind of in my head, I, I think that's where we're at. I think burgers and fries are doable. I think then it goes. Nuggets hard, soft drinks the hardest. So we're in agreement. McDonald's coats some of their stuff in sugar too, right? Well, there's no, there's no, whatever at all. Yeah, McDonald's yeah. absolutely. It's been proven. Um, Godfrey did have a pretty funny tweet yesterday. He said, "I've done a documentary and I'm I'm eating all this McDonald's." So Morgan, Morgan Spurlock's been a really bad influence in my life. He's the one that did the supersize me back in the day, talking about how unhealthy it was to to eat uh eat eat uh eat McDonald's every single meal. So yeah, I think I think most people I think most fast food restaurants coat things in sugar. That's the way that that's the way they get them to eat more. That's the way you crave yeah. it. It's it, it's yeah. I know McDonald's. The one that gained media attention back in the day was it was fries. They coated their fries in sugar, um, which was the reason people whatever. But yeah, I just I don't know whatever reason McDonald's is by far my least appealing. I mean, I, I know people that that's what they use as their cheat meal every single week, but that's not my. Uh, that's not my cup of tea. But anyway, um, credit to uh, all those people who have donated. Credit to Stephen. Uh, getting good calls there. Um, local pantries, local food banks, really, the I think one of the main keys right now to keeping society at your local level um, maintained. Um, I, I know Oxford's dealing with some of that, too, with the pantry. They've got, they've got some shortages. So uh, especially canned goods, cereals, that kind of thing. If there's a way to donate, if you want to help, that's a good way to locally do that. And uh, and really assist on something where you know where it's going. Um, n- nothing against regional and national charities, but there is something to, to local when you're helping your own community. And you know, you can you can you can kind of follow the the footprints, if you will, for uh, for that. So <clears throat> anyway, just something I wanted to mention this morning as we are uh, as we're getting started. Zach uh, just said if we'll live stream this for charity, he'd be all in for it too. So Zach's a willing participant here if we want to uh, make someone eat tons of fast food as we uh, as we move forward. You know, some of this too, though, the one thing kind of like from um in my head thing is we're trying to fix a food shortage by wasting food. There's a little bit of a weird counterproductive argument in my head here a little bit. I know it's a very small amount, but just yeah. something in my head goes, eh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. New times. Well, it's certainly that. I mean, we've come a long way since when I just wanted Russell Johnson to start eating a bunch of hamburgers at different places because he said he'd never had them in anywhere. So, I mean, we've 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 evolved. Yeah, I guess you could say. I think he had cookout. Wasn't that the one? Wasn't that cookout? He was he was big. He's on big cookout. on cookout. That was his place. That's right. Yeah, I thought he was big on cookout. So, um. Got a little bit. Your, your mailbags, by the way, is uh, is up. There's a good bit there. There's stuff. Kind of, you kind of got questions from all over the game at this week, didn't you? Look like it's from everywhere. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, there's a lot there. People asking different questions from some people just wanting to reminisce about old football games. Some people wanting my opinions on the question that everyone's talking about in our in our field and for the people that we cover in our field. I gave an answer. Um, 
Yeah, it's just weird times. I, Bottom line. I, I told you to mark this yesterday. Um, what we're kind of alluding to, Brett McMurphy with a story. The headline, will there be college football in 2020? Athletic directors weigh in. And um, he leads it off with saying nearly one-fifth of football bowl subdivision athletic directors believe there's at least a 50% chance. So 20% of the athletic directors believe it's a coin flip, make it easy to understand what he's saying here. And a full college football season won't be played this fall because of the impact of COVID-19. Um, if there's no college football, majority of the 130 FBS athletic directors contacted by stadium predict dire consequences for the sport. Quote, there better be a season or many programs will be out of business. Quite simply, it would be devastating. And others said more directly, if there won't, if there's not a season, we will be effed. effed. Yes. Yeah. That is the uh, thing there. I, it is the topic. This is not a criticism. Not really a criticism at all. It's just I got to fill up an hour of a podcast. I feel like we're rushing these questions. I feel like we're having these conversations so prematurely that it's doing nothing but just engaging people and griping both directions. I get we got to do something. I get they're worried. But I do feel like we're just kind of jumping the gun a little bit either way. It's just so freaking early. I have a philosophy in life. You and I are different on this. We, You and I completely yeah. disagree on this topic. Yeah. Um, hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Especially if the worst is a realistic possibility. And it is. I talked to athletic people yesterday who said, might not start till January. Might play a football season in the spring. Might be different. It will be unilateral. These are all different people saying the same things. These will be unilateral decisions. Spoke to one athletics director who said, here's the problem. And it's multifaceted. Here's the problem. And this is an athletics director who is going forward right now with the anticipation that they will kick off the first weekend of September and play games. But he, like I, is a believer that you have to start preparing for the worst. And he said, here's the problem. All of these kids are gone right now. They're scattered everywhere. They don't have access to gyms. They're on their own. They're in different communities, different rules, different levels of outbreak, different things. No one really knows. Our people, this is not Ole Miss, by the way, just for anybody questions. Our people don't really have a solid foundation on what's going on with each and every kid. So you get those kids to get them ready for a football season, he said we need to have some form of team activity around June 1st. Sure. So he said, you're a smart guy. Tell me, what's the problem with that? And I said, well, the first thing that comes to mind is, is your campus open June 1st? Because if your campus isn't open on June 1st, you have issues. He's like, yep. So you got to bring all the kids in. Where do you put them? Do you take the kids who live off campus in apartments, which is the majority of the kids, and tell them, no, no, can't go to your apartment. We're going to put you in X dorm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, how do you feed those kids? What do you do with those kids 24-7? Do you eliminate their ability to have any contact with the outside world? For how long? Those are all issues that these people are having to start to address. And yeah, we can say it's early to address those things, 
But it's April now. And you got to, this is a process that takes some time because you got to put a lot of things in place. Are you going to have the capability to test all of these kids at one time? No one knows the answer to that today. Maybe in six weeks or in four weeks or in two weeks or in two days, we'll have those answers. But today, people are having to drive places to get a test and not get the results for 12 days, eight days. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to be an eight-day test, where do you, do you bring everybody in and, and sequester them? Do you just go ahead and say, hey, we're going to do a 14-day lockdown kind of a thing? I mean, how do you, who pays for all of that? How does all this work? Those are, those are all questions that are being asked. And then the question that obviously comes up is, let's say that you get all the kids on campus, test everybody, and you have this baseline, and then you start – practicing and stuff and somebody becomes symptomatic gets it and it might not be a player it might be a, 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 one of the coaches it might be one of the grad people it might be a, an, a, a trainer it might be whatever do you have to test everybody what happens if it starts around the country there's just so many issues and then there's the other issue there's there's how many people out there and everybody in college sports is playing this thing without fans is without That's it being, not happening. It's not happening. No. It's a terrible look. It's an awful optic. It, it it there's a liability thing that comes up with that. How many fans? It's a question for you. For all of us. Because I think you and I differ on this. Laura and I had this conversation last night. Okay. How many people are going to be comfortable? going to mass gatherings, and that's what a football game is, a basketball game is, how many people are going to go to mass gatherings without a vaccine? Oh, it'll be limited. There's no doubt. Yeah, attendance will be down even with the all clear. There's there, there, there's there's zero doubt about that. Not everyone is going to immediately go back into the yeah. Grove, into the stadiums, into the different things. I, and I, it, It's just complicated. Um, I, I don't think – well, I mean, I, I don't – it's not that I don't think – I'm not, at no point do I think, hey, don't prepare, don't be pragmatic, don't whatever. And, that, and that's frankly what a lot of this is, is just going, hey, let's look at the books and let's have this conversation. I, I guess my point, and maybe this is this is a this is the faults on my part. I feel like we're gonna have this conversation, not you and I, just the world, are gonna have this conversation daily. Yeah. And I think that when every day you just go, hey, you know what? There's not gonna be football, there's not gonna be this, it's gonna I, I I think in these times, from a mental health standpoint, tone is very important. I think you're pragmatic. I think you you prepare. And then I also think you compartmentalize a little bit and you just deal with your day-to-day a little bit. I think there's a certain amount of it, – it can, it, it, can go from, it can go from pragmatism to dwelling really fast if you're not careful and turn well, negative. Yeah, that's, that's true. But, I mean, for what we do, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that, that – like I saw the pushback that Brett McMurphy got yesterday, that Ross Dellinger got yesterday. I'm the exact opposite of the people that are pushing back at those people. My pushback is at the people who like, hey, here's a quarterback bat, five quarterback battles to watch around the country. Well, that's dumb too. That's stupid. Nobody's trying to do that. Well, that, there's a lot no, no, of people no, no, I mean, doing that. Holy shit! I guess man, my point. It's that's everywhere. not my point. Yeah, and it's these sports reporters who I don't know how to report anything but sports, and the sports are just meaningless today. This is. If the campuses can't open, it's all it's all a non-starter. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the discussion right now. 
And at places like Ole Miss, and I, I can't think of who else has already done it, some of these campuses have said, hey, we're not going to open this summer. Okay, are you going to be ready to open in August? Because, look, if you can open campuses, you can push back the start of a football season to October. You can make you can do some things to make it work. If you pushed back the season, I've heard people say two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to open now. I don't don't hold me to the exact date, everybody, but September the fourth. Sure. If you pushed it back to September the eighteenth and took those first two games and put them on the back end and maybe pushed the conference championship games back a little. Maybe you didn't play all of the bowls, or maybe you moved some bowls around. I don't know. Whatever. You could fix some of that. If it's safe enough for student bodies to congregate on campuses, it's probably going to be safe enough to carefully play football. Mm -hmm. That's the big question. Are the college campuses going to open? Sure. Because the answer to that today is, I don't know. There's a lot of things that have to be asked. You know, do you – like that – at Ole Miss, the move-in date's what? August, it's the same weekend as Double Decker. So it's August like 14th. 13th, 14th, 15th, somewhere in there. You know, how how comfortable are people going to be moving their kids into Stockard and Martin and, and um, the other big dorms? Mm-hmm. You know, it, without a vaccine. What's it going to look like by then? I've said this, said this on the message board. I'm... I, I, I'm not watching news all day. I stopped. I don't turn CNN on. I don't turn Fox News on. I don't turn MSNBC on. I don't turn the networks on. I watch, and I I, I use a different one each night. I, I watch one network newscast for 30 minutes, and I watch the president's briefing, and I read uh, a couple different newspapers, including Mail Online, which quite mm-hmm. frankly is one of the better ones. Um. The tone's changed. Fauci's tone has changed. Now, is that because they're trying to make it where, and this is possible, because I believe that, and this isn't a criticism about Trump. Trump's like every other incumbent president. Their mind is always on getting reelected. It's always been that way since the beginning of time. Is Are they trying to set up numbers so that they come in way underneath those numbers and they can declare this great victory? I think that's possible. Is it possible that they're trying to tell the American public, hey, we need you to obey these things we're asking you to do. We need you to do the social distancing thing. There's a reason that in these cities they've had to go in and take all the basketball goals down from the parks. Yeah, yeah. Because until just the last few days, no one's obeying this damn thing. They were full in Tupelo with a shelter in place over the weekend. Yeah. The, the, the rounds were still up. I mean, there were churches in, in Florida and Louisiana that were full. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got Easter in, what, a week and a half? I mean, can we? Are, are, are people going to just defy that and pat churches around the country? I don't know. I mean, that's that's the problem is that some people are doing their part to flatten the curve and others aren't. And if, you know, if the people who are who are right, who say this thing is going to go into June, and Fauci said that just yesterday, then getting college campuses open and ready to go in early August is going to be a tight race. Yeah. Um. And so to me, it's just about, you know, I, we've had to do it in our house. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, instead of, we're not. I'm not trying to be negative. Listen, people say, what do you want? I want the thing to damn go away. I mean, I want the Easter Bunny to pop in and go, here, it's gone. 
put it up in a thing and shoot it off into the intergalactic thing and be done with it. I mean, I, I need football to happen. People talk about what you, what do you need? I need I need football to happen. I worry. I've said this openly. I mean, unlike a lot of people who are like, oh, I'll figure it out. I mean, I, I worry about my livelihood with no football season. But in my house, I mean, we've had to prepare people for. Hey, this you know, there's listen, you know, there's a possibility that this thing goes for a while. There's a possibility that in August you're not going back to Fayetteville and you're not starting your senior year at Oxford High and you're not going back to the middle school. And I mean, I think I think parents who are telling their kids just blindly right now, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be over. Don't worry about it. You're setting them up for a, a real disappointment. No one knows that. But the truth is the worst case scenario is absolutely on the table right now. Now, it's not the only thing on the table, but it's on the table. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't I don't have the answers. I mean, I'm dealing with it in my house. I'm dealing with it on this podcast. Dealing with it everywhere. I, I don't know what the correct tone is every day. I don't know. Um, and I know, don't know that I, there is a correct tone. I think I think the tone is whatever you got to say. And and for us, it's for me, not for you. For me, it's people say, "What do you think?" I get that question all day long from people, and it's I hope for the best, and I am preparing for the worst. Yeah. I know that the government plans that came out recently with the loans and the grants and stuff is kind of built on a two-and-a-half-month model. Mm-hmm. That's obvious. The president yesterday said, prepare for two or three really bad weeks. Yeah, What happens at the end of those three weeks? I don't know. Fauci said, this thing's going to go into June. I've got two brothers, as everybody knows, one who travels three, three weeks a, a, a month, has been told no travel for six months. Um, I read a New York Times story today that said social distancing should go anywhere from uh, another three weeks to another eight months. Well, that's a hell of a range. So, you know, I take from all of that the way I work, the way I tick. I take from that hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And people say, what would, you know, well, if you played the – 2020 football season in January, February, March, what would that do for the 21 season? I don't know. What would it, what would it mean for the NBA if they played their season August, September, October? What would they what would it mean for Major League Baseball if they followed the Scott Boris directive which wouldn't finish until after Christmas if the World Series went to 7 games? The point is, the truth is, you figure it out. Yeah. Plenty of time to come back, talk about it in a minute. We're going to switch to baseball in a second. We're going to tell you about Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. Underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're going to look underwriting, understand your market, a leader in condo financing, and the float down option. So you can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. The podcast also brought to you by our friends at Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, that's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. We are also brought to you by the Iron Horse Grill. Iron Horse Grill located at 320 East Pearl Street in Jackson. It's also a place that specializes in on-site large event catering for up to 250 people and off-site full catering services, especially beverage catering. It's one of the largest beverage caterers in Mississippi. It can service the entire state. So call Sarah Black at 601-398-0151 for your catering needs. Knock that off your worry list and uh, make Iron Horse Grill an event. Uh, make Let Iron Horse Grill make your event one that is memorable forever. 
Uh, Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth and let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at Corinth dental.com podcast is brought to you by visit oxfordms.com you can go to the page see how to uh, support oxford during this uh this pandemic they have everything up from uh who's offering delivery who's offering carry out who's offering uh, curbside assistance as well as ways to help in the hospitality industry as well so more on that uh later and we will um <clears throat> keep you updated here again visit oxfordms.com and again if we're uh we'll go down to carl lafferty if you're in a live stream just hang out one second we'll be right back carl appreciate giving us a little time this morning i want to get into some of the uh the things passed by the division one council here in a few minutes but but first off um you guys as much as is anyone just taken by surprise with everything that happened we talked to mike a little about this how would you sort of characterize those 24 48 hours from playing baseball in Monroe, winning a blowout, and then getting back and realizing that everything had changed so quickly? Um, I would say a roller coaster, but it uh, it was more just going straight downhill. Um, almost surreal. I, I don't think that – I think when everybody got on the bus, you know, after the Monroe game, I don't think there was any scenario that you thought the season was going to be canceled within 48 hours and that you were going to have to leave Ole Miss. So to go from that, thinking you're going to play LSU in front of a, a packed house on the weekend to, hey, guys, you, you know, you need to pack your stuff up. You need to go home. Man, that is a uh, – that's a lot to take in. Have you kept – I mean, obviously you've kept in contact with them, but how the players kind of handled it over the last few weeks? I mean, you said everything's stirred up, but then you're also just dealing with society and life and all the different ways that, you know, they're – I mean, they're they're emotional like all of us, not knowing where to, where to, where to turn next. No, it is. And I think, you know, especially for the you know younger demographic, when you're 18 to 22, um, you think you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. You know, as, as adults, you realize – uh, how serious this this is, this pandemic is that we're going through. And I think it's, you know, it started to really sink into the players. Um, in the beginning, I think it's just shock for them. Uh, and they, it's kind of like a, you know, you all of a sudden you have a spring break in an in a odd way. Um, but now as, as we talk to them, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. I think when you're 18 to 22, you're just, you know, social by nature. And now, you know, I'm talking to Doug Nikhazy and he's in, you know, Orlando, Florida, he can go outside for like an hour, you know, to do some type of exercise, but he can't go see his girlfriend or his friends. And it's a, it's a, a very necessary adjustment, but still, a, you know, a huge adjustment for them. And I think we're all just, you know, trying to get, you know, through this endure it and, and search for some normalcy again. I guess it's a dumb question, but you know, when you when you lose a close game or a season ends in a way where you have a bunch of what ifs, this is a whole different level of a what if, right? I mean, the way you guys are playing, the way things kind of come together, it's it's probably that thing that for the rest of your life you're kind of going to wonder. Well, maybe that was a team that did you know fill in the blank or this. No, I, it's a it's a very fair question. I think it's one is you know if you if you cut coaches open and you really ask us like you know and it's it's been a question that's been given to me just by friends, family. 
you know, what did you think about this team? How did you feel about them? Um, you know, there was a there was a certain uniqueness to it. Um, you know, again, it's you can you know, speculate, and say, oh, we just you know won the national championship and all that, and and you know, because we, we were playing so well, we had won 16 straight, and, and I think you know it, it's fair questions and fair what us to have, but you know, this is the thing I'll say about this team. You know, from a coaching standpoint, there was a a unique attitude, a unique chemistry uh, with this group of guys where. Even if it was, you know, an 8 a.m. Friday fall breakfast, it was fun to be around this group. And they had a, they had the, the attitude of, you know, next man up. Whether, you know, it's, most of the time when you see a guy get pinch hit for, um, they're a little irritated. They may have a, a little bit of a kind of a sourpuss face, but you would see that guy on the rail cheering for the guy that went up to hit for him. Because I think collectively as a group, you know, um, it was a dynamic where there was a lot of newness. And so everybody just felt like they had a hand in our success. And, you know, part of that was, I give a lot of credit to Mike, you know, we're, we're trying to play a lot of people and use a lot because we're trying to figure out the best combinations for everybody. But in that, um, you know, you've created, you know, uh, an atmosphere where everybody has a piece or a role or a way to impact the game, no matter how big or small. And on every night, you just look at our box score, there's a ton of guys playing and you interject that with some really unique personalities, characters, energy, um, and it's uh, it's awesome. Like I tell everybody, I said, you know, there's there's no way to know how good we would have been or how it would have all finished out. But I promise you, as much as any team we ever had here, I would be excited to go heads up and play every day with this group. And nothing nothing would surprise me. Nothing would shock me at what they could accomplish on the baseball field. Obviously, you'll get a lot of those guys back next year, roster of, you know, college baseball anyway. You've got the, the 27 and the 35 and the quarter of a scholarship and the lottery scholarships and all this. I mean, it, it's, it's almost already so complicated, not just for you and trying to put it together, for me even trying to explain it to people half the time. And now we get this too. Everybody gets a year of eligibility back. Um, seniors don't count against the numbers. But from a actuality standpoint, was it the right decision, wrong decision? What does this actually do to your roster next season? Well, first off, I don't know if y'all realize this, but I majored in accounting and all this. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you're right. You know, college baseball is complicated enough trying to figure out uh, not only athletic aid, but how you know either need-based or institutional aid adds to a program to offset the cost for a student athlete. But your your main question was this: the right call for the NCAA? <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, I think giving you know guys a, the opportunity for the seniors to come back and play um, for players you know across the board, you know, that's what you signed up for. You signed up you know to to be able to play four and five years, and, and we didn't get that opportunity this year. I think if you you know some people mentioned that it's the same comparison if you know a football player played four or less games and was able to redshirt. I think that's about the percentage that we got through of our season. Again, somewhere close. Um, Will there be obstacles? Sure. Uh, I think people talk about, um, you know, the, the amount of class or, you know, having five classes, quote, on campus. But, you know, the, a little bit of the way that to offset that is, you know, no one signed an NLI in, in uh, 2021 uh, across, the, across the country. And I think, you, you know, there's, there's always going to be a juggling of rosters. Um, you know, I think as, as much as you talk about uh, – this particular year, seniors coming back, so on and so forth, the extra year of eligibility. I think the other thing is, you know, the draft changing, because uh, that usually, 
you know, calls out, and, and that creates some roster management right there. Uh, so there will be a you know more of a uh, more players hitting college campuses, whether it's the junior college or Division One level. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just it's going to be competitive. Um, I don't necessarily think it's uh, a bad thing um, at all, and I think it will over time you know, even itself out. I don't think it's as, you know, ratio one-to-one as people think because at the end of the day, you know, Doug McKay's still going to be draft eligible next year. Senator Hoagland's still going to be draft eligible next year, even if they're sophomores again. Um, you're going to have that impact there. There's going to be some seniors that don't come back because they're ready to move on with their life. And, you know, certainly it's different from program to program, from, you know, the Power Five down to, you know, the mid-major level. It has a different impact and, you know, across all rosters. So, again, while I think in, in theory it seems like this, this gigantic issue, and it is an issue, 100%. I'm not just crediting that. I, I do think it's something that um, everyone can navigate and we can we can get through. Do you think that – I mean, I, I guess just listening to you talking kind of what I had in my own mind in, anyway – with but the draft potentially being just five rounds, with there's such a hard cap on free agent signings of only a twenty thousand dollars, I think max, something like that. Do you think there is that big influx though of juniors who would have gone that, that do potentially show back up? No, no I'm, not, I'm not talking about Servidio or Keenan. I'm not going to put put you on that kind of spot, but just in general, is that where we're going to see the biggest difference from a roster for next season? Sure, and I think that's uh, if you go back to. You know, there's some schools that were in our shoes last year. And what I mean by that is, you know, we were obviously a young team this year. Um, you know, it, it's not the draft isn't going to hit us like it did last year. And so if you were, you know, if this was last year and we were, you know, looking at the, you know, the last year's roster, the incoming freshman class, and you go, okay, it's only going to be a five-round draft. Well, now you may have five guys that stay with your program or show back up. Uh, rather than you lose to the draft. And, you know, I think that is going to be the issue for some programs because it is a juggling act. It is a juggling act to um, to sign the best players that you can, but you may lose them coming from high school or junior college, and then managing which, where your juniors are going to go. And, th- and, and what happened this year is unforeseen. No one could have known that the season would end. No one could have known that the draft would change this way. There, there's no way to prepare yourself for this. So I do understand that that will create some 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 serious issues for some teams, no doubt about it. But I think it's something that you know, again, it's it it's so unique. Uh, I think there's going to be some understanding in in all parties involved. I would hope of just trying to get it right, trying to figure out the best fit for the player. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, putting the most competitive team to to win games out on the field. It's going to be open season somewhat if they relax this transfer rule here in a month or two, let everybody do a one-time transfer, and if you go to a different school, you potentially can get more aid than you got at your previous place for that season. Is Are we about to see a little bit of, I hate to say free agency, but something along those lines in college baseball? I, I hope. I think that uh, I think that the transfer rule will be, a, uh, especially for a partial scholarship sport, I think it would be a good thing. Um, you know, I think there always is some fear. Hey, you could lose this or you could lose that. I think there will be, you know, you know, certain layers that overlap that rule at the conference level that maybe don't, you know. And I, don't, and this is totally speculative. I don't know this for a fact, but would, uh, you know, make in-conference transfers a little more difficult or, you know, maybe even prohibited. Um, but I do think that the one-time, the one-time transfer thing uh, is a good, is a good rule. 
Uh, I think it, especially in the case of what's going on right now, yeah. trying to, you know, alleviate some situations, I, I don't think it's bad at all. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, as you guys know, y'all cover more than obviously just baseball, man, recruiting never stops. So you're going and you're built, you are building a team literally to the, you know, the last moment that kids step on campus. So, um, I think in light of what all's happened, I, I would think it was a good thing. Yeah, I agree with you completely. You know, when you just take the sports out of it for a minute and just talk about, you know, just regular college kids. I mean, they're kids whose, you know, their 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 economic situation at home has changed. Mom lost a job. Dad mm-hmm. got laid off. Uh, you know, whatever might may have happened. I mean, just I, I think I think this is going to be one of those deals. And so far, and I've never been one to defend the NCAA, but so far they've. They're doing the right thing for the kids, for the programs. They're doing the smart things so far. And I think this is going to be one of those maybe one-time-only deals where you just, what do you all call it in golf, a mulligan, mm-hmm. where you, you, you call this a mulligan yeah. and you say, hey, this is, this is going to be people, are, are their lives have been upended, some more than others. And, you know, maybe a kid who was going to, I'll take the SEC out of it, a kid who was going to the University of Kansas who's from Oklahoma can no longer afford the out-of-state tuition and needs to go to Oklahoma State now. You know what I mean? I mean, that kind of thing, that, that's going to happen all over the country to, to, to athletes and the non-athletes alike. No, it's, it's very real. Um, and not to get on a, a recruiting you know, rant, but when you say, Hey, what's the biggest, uh, what's the biggest impact, the, the single biggest factor in the recruiting process when I recruit, you know, student athletes, cost is everything. It's so much different than, you know, a football or basketball where you sit down, you know, you go through the whole recruiting deal and you sit down at the end and, you know, the, it's a, you know, it's a head counter sport, it's a full scholarship. Now, um, you know, kids can, you know, go visit me and then visit, you know, visit Ole Miss and visit School B. Um, and if it's $8,000 a year cheaper to go to the other school, well, it's going to make it hard, you know, to, to come to a particular school. So you're right. So many things have changed with uh, the economy, where people are, you know, financially. What's it going to look like when, when we do emerge from this pandemic and, and find it, you know, just how are some households, you know? Um, has, you know, has the sickness actually hit their household? Yeah. Well, there's so many different factors. Yep. And I think that, you know, alleviating that because, you know, like I tell every kid I recruit, I want them to have a great college experience. And I think that, you know, there are dynamics right now that if, I mean, you know, we didn't have a basketball tournament and we stopped all spring sports. So I think it's a, you know, pretty significant, uh, what's happened and to alleviate that even more in the best interest of student athlete, I think is is the right call let's say this thing goes into the summer let's for the sake of making me and chase and everybody else feel better let's say that things get back to normal at some point in august but that this summer is really weird this is you know normally you get to go see a lot of tournaments and you're out recruiting high school kids Mm -hmm. watching high school games you're watching the uh the showcase stuff let's say a lot of that stuff goes by the wayside which i think is a realistic deal how does that change the way you evaluate how does that change the way that you communicate with kids um, it's a great question. And it's, uh, one, I think that, uh, myself and Mike Clement will literally lose our mind. I don't know if I can teach first grade anymore. That's what I've been doing. Um, but just, just graduate them. You know, just we, give, give her the damn degree and be done with it, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's crazy. But, uh, but no, as far as recruiting goes, you know, we do recruit several years out. Um, 
I think that, you know, not being able to see players is obviously going to have a, a huge impact. Uh, but I think if you went around to, you know, most of the Power 5 schools, they have a pretty good idea of what their 2021 class is. Not to say they wouldn't be adding some pieces. Yeah. But I think you would just see as, I think, fall baseball will become huge. I think you would see, a, I mean, everybody in the world trying to play fall baseball at, a, at the youth level. Um, and I think, you know, you just – it would. It, everybody would essentially have the same starting point. Um, if you're going to be, if we're going to get back to playing baseball and things go back, I think it's just pushed back to the fall, and then you see, you know, more decisions made then from the junior college level to the high school level as well. Is there a possibility that more high school kids in this little one-year period go JUCO just to kind of avoid some of this roster management stuff and try to turn pro after a year? Is that even feasible? Just something I thought about in my head after I saw. I think it was Zach Kirksey that put it out on Twitter, and I went, well, it's a question at least. No, it is, and it's a fair question. Um, could some more kids go to junior college? I guess so, but I think you're going to run into, you know, you're going to run into junior colleges. You know, they, you know, the NJCA gave release to yeah, you know, junior college players, so I think you're going you're, you're to see, you know, a lot of guys at the junior college level, and I think it's just going to be the, the trickle-down effect. Now, the, the big question is um, – you know, with the change in the draft and even looking at the, the 2021 draft, um, what what is Major League Baseball's intention as far as, because, uh, you know, if you remember about seven, eight months ago, there was a, a push to pare down the draft to cut some minor league teams. And is this a shift where that eventually goes? And then I think the, you know, the whole system, you know, because we all somewhat, set ourselves off Major League Baseball. Uh, the draft obviously has an impact, but the front end, you know, of kids coming in and kids going out in your program. So, you know, what exactly does that look like? Which that's that's kind of a that's a bigger question and something, you know, harder to know right now. Um, but certainly that's going to have some impact. So it's, uh, you know, just like anything, I mean, I think we're living in the recruiting world. You're living day to day, but trying to do, you, do the best you can to, you know, to forecast out. You mentioned it with Hoagland and Nikhazy. At least, you know, you're at a program that's, that's based off of three-year guys, guys going pro, getting into the system, putting them in a good spot for the draft. And for a professional career, for a lot of smaller schools or schools that don't necessarily have that process, suddenly they've got these incoming classes that are probably going to be trimmed a little bit because they don't have room for these guys from a just a space, from a money standpoint, from a sports system standpoint. I mean, if, if, there's a lot of programs where if this thing goes more than one year on an adjustment, you're probably going to see some maybe kill the sport before this thing's over. Well, the the whole thing I would say about that is okay. That your expense is going to come out is going to come right now, and the scholarship money that you pay your seniors yeah, that's yeah. going to be your only expense. Right. Everything else is going to be set to eleven point seven. So, kind of as I as I mentioned to uh, as I mentioned earlier, like your twenty twenty one signing class. I mean, there may be some conversations that you know are had where you go, hey, like we we've, we've got to we've got to shave it down. Like we can't sign as many kids. And then the system kind of starts to, to reset itself. That's a very real possibility, but then you're just, you know, you're controlling what you're taking into your program. And so while people talk about the 2021s, 2022s, you know, none of those kids have signed an, an NLI yet. And while there's verbal commitments uh, in baseball, obviously the verbal commitments a lot bigger. It's a lot, I don't want to say binding. That may not be the correct terminology, uh, but it has more significance than in other sports. So uh, I think that you'll you'll see some things happen there for sure, but I think if you went to every coach and you said, okay, you know, would I rather have a red, you know, quote a four or fifth year senior playing or a freshman 
man, it's a, it's a lot more comforting to be able to look at your, your projected lineup or rotation and go, I've had this guy performing for three, three or so years, you know, in my program versus the unknown of a freshman. So I, I think that, you know, again, and it will, it will work itself out, you know, in, a, in four years. Uh, and I think obviously the, the impact will be less and less each year is people, you know, there, there's kids that, you know, across the country, um, stop playing baseball for whatever reason, sign, do different things. So I think it will alleviate somewhat as the years go by. Um, and that's, that was kind of my, I, I think everybody thinks, okay, well, everybody that's, you know, everybody that starts this year, man, they're going to play for the next four years on a college campus. And that's just, that's just not the case. It's mm-hmm. not real life. And so I think that there will be some, some relief in some regard at all levels for if you're a, a mid-major school that maybe you don't deal with it, uh, the draft for your incoming players and for your juniors as much. Um, I think there's still going to be some of that. that and there's going to be some kids that, you know, just like this year, they, you know, they were freshmen this year. They get that freshman back a freshman year back. Uh, but after four years of college, they've got a job and it's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. I mean, heck, you know, we had that with a player. We had a player in 2014, you know, we went to Omaha. He was a guy that played on our team, and I love the kid. We still have a great relationship now. Um, but he said, hey, I know I could come back and play another year, but I've got an opportunity to get into nursing school. I want to be a nurse and ethicist, and I think this is the best opportunity for my life. And he made a move. Oh, that's right. And I don't yeah, blame yeah. him. It was, yeah. it, was, it was a great decision, and that happened. And, I, and I'm talking about, uh, hey, Ole Miss just goes to Omaha, and that happens. And he's a wonderful guy. And I, if I was in issues, I don't think I would have made a different decision. But that was totally on his own. And, you know, my point in saying that is if it can happen for us after that, year, it can happen at every level, you know, out there. So um, those scenarios just I don't think are as public or people know about them as much, but they still they still create some flexibility and, you know, opportunity moving forward. But I think the biggest impact you'll see is on the 2021 class, more than likely. I'm going to ask this because I was getting it all year, and you're probably not going to answer because it's kind of like your children. You like them all. Where's uh in your mind? Where's Hoagland and Akazi stack up as a one-two? You've had a lot of good ones over the last 15 years. Man, you know, I had that question asked to me the other day um, in a different, not from a reporter, it was actually from a, a coach. And you know, you can get into the the draft eval projection, big league side of things. Um, but if you get, if you just get to a, Hey, we need a Friday and Saturday guy to go out there and win games. Um, man, you know, they're, they're as good as any. So if you get, if you get my, what I'm saying, like when you talk about those two guys or maybe Chris Ellis and Christian Trent, Mm -hmm. certainly they wouldn't have maybe the, the big league projection of a, Lance Lynn, Drew Pomerantz combination, or, you know, Lance Lynn, Will, something like that. Um, but I think these guys, as far as going out and, and towing the rubber and competing with anybody, I think they've got a good chance to win, you know, Friday and Saturday as anybody would ever had. That's how I feel inside every time they take the ball. I think the team feels that way. What'd you, what was kind of your overall take on what you were able to see from Diamond as a freshman? Um, I, I think you you saw kind of, Again, he had solid, solid outings for us on Sunday. Um, I think you saw a kid that uh, is super competitive, is a strike thrower, and just like some, you know, if we're going to get really, I guess, granular with it, there were some inconsistencies 
maybe an execution that you normally see from a freshman, which is just part of it. But you, you saw a guy that, in my opinion, I think can, you know, move forward and, and really like almost like Gunner even took a step forward. That's what you hope Derek does to next year because he has that ability and that potential. Um, you know, super excited about him, man. He, you know, great athlete, great stuff, big time competitor, strike thrower. And I think just with time, he's going to get better and better. How's it, uh, how's it going around the, um, <clears throat> The house with the with with the little ones. You plan on having to play a little zone defense right now? Oh man, I'm daddy daycare. Uh, Lauren's Lauren's still working, so I've got the three boys at the house, and oh my gosh, like trying to do online first grade classes. Um, I, my wiffle ball game. I am the best forty year old wiffle ball player, at least in three states. <laughs> um, it, it's it, it has been you know uh, as crazy as as, as you know college recruiting and college coaching can getting can get and as terrible as everything that's going on in this the world right now the silver lining for me is i have had a chance to spend a lot of time with my kids that i would normally never get and so that's been the that's been the really cool thing have a, a real big appreciation for teachers um holy cow uh the patience and uh man it's it's a lot which, um, what what but, show you are know, you I watching think, over and over and over and over and over? Is it like Paw Patrol or what? What's what's the show? Uh, Paw Patrol, PJ Mask, Mickey Mouse, and the Roaster Racers. <laughs> um, I mean, we we hit them all, buddy. And it is it is anarchy if one of those goes off. I mean, you it's it's like Lord of the Flies when things like that happen. <laughs> you got people throwing you know spears and knives and yeah. everything else. But uh, I'm sure you guys are going through the same. Yeah, I had uh, I had Carly in for several hours yesterday, and we, we just we, we just tried not to kill each other because it was raining for a little while too. You couldn't get outside. You're like, all right, look, we're 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 in the same prison cell right here. We got to figure this thing out. We're gonna have to find a way to coexist for a bit. So, you know, no, no. overall, uh, she's pretty good. I mean, we're pretty advanced for four, but it's uh, it's still a, still a chore from time to time. So. Mine are older. We're just fighting over internet streams more than more than anything else. More than, we're fighting over Wi-Fi, over who can get on the Peloton now. Um, it's 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 we don't really fight over tv shows anymore i mean i had that experience in my life where i watched the wiggles christmas i think i watched the wiggles christmas about six times a day starting in september through christmas i've told the story i had to leave the day after christmas to drive to orlando i was covering auburn at the time and they were in the citrus bowl or capital one bowl or whatever the hell it was called and i had to leave on the 26th and i was driving down to orlando with no no music on in the car and i caught myself singing the wiggles christmas just it was it, it was the soundtrack to my life for about four months i've been there yeah you, you mentioned oh, this hey, I, I, you, go ahead no i was gonna say i'm i'm going usually it's a little over a three miles round trip over to chris cleary's house uh-huh. and we knock on the door and he has a golden retriever so i oh. let my kids just chase his golden retriever for 45 minutes turn around and walk back so that's you know uh three miles of good exercise for some young legs during the day but that's that's what we got going on. You mentioned being home this time of year. Seriously, you've been it like when I say home, I mean not coaching, not participating in baseball. What a year or two in the last god two and a half decades. Oh yeah, I mean I think uh, the last I started working at Ole Miss in September of two thousand five, and so man, I stopped playing in two thousand three. So there was a, a two year window and. You know, I was still taking vacation days to go watch, uh, you know, the SEC tournament, you know, in the, 
the spring of 05. So it's, I, I've never been home like this. I, I, then my wife looked at me like, you know, you're, you're useless. I mean, I can't coach. I can't recruit. I can't be with my players. Uh, so all I've been doing is cleaning the garage and being Mr. Mom, um, which again, I'm, I'm ready for the dead period at the end. I'm ready to have, do something. That's for sure. Yeah. Get it. Well, appreciate the, uh, the time. I'm sure we have a chance to catch up again. So, uh, enjoy your, uh, your day. Go see Chris's, uh, golden retriever and we'll talk, we'll talk soon. Awesome guys. Appreciate you having right. me. Thanks Carl. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> Was Carl Lafferty there on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline? Um, <clears throat> you good? No, no issues or anything? Oh no, no, no! I just had to, that was a call I had to take. Okay, that's what I was making sure. Yeah, I was good. Nothing, nothing, nothing news related that we're like, oh god, we got to change. No, 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 like no, 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 no. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's see. Podcast brought to you. <clears throat> Sorry, in part by Tyson Drugs and G&M Pharmacy right there on South Lamar and Oxford. But that's uh, not as important right now as the fact that they do lo- deliver locally in the Oxford area. They go to your home or workplace for that. So have to get out. They will take care of you right now. They also have for MedSync to fill everything the same day of the month and take care of you in that way as well. 662-236-2222. The uh, podcast also brought to you by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with a Nest and Wild mattress. Nest and Wild is a Mississippi based mattress company making a high quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. They're all one foot thick. They're all American made. Pricing's fantastic. We'll make it even better by giving you a uh, promo code REBEL20 when you go to checkout. That's REBEL20 at nestandwild.com. Get 20% off your purchase and your mattress will arrive at your door in three to five days. Uh, we're also brought to you by Pinnacle Trust, Pinnacle Trust based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. It's also home to the Pinnacle Trust Advisory Services Team. They can conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Mention that you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the Oxford Exxon podcast to get 10% off your first year's fees. We're also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Yeah, I know nobody's traveling now, but this. This will pass, and when it does, whenever that is, everyone's going to want to get out. They're going to want to get away. They're going to want a break, a refresher. And um, you'll, I suggest that you use John Edwards when when that time comes around. John uh, has traveled the globe for basically 40 years before getting into the travel business. He uh, knows the extra attention that's needed to make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. What you do is you call him. You give him some parameters. You give him a budget. Let him give you some options. And know this, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email at jedwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. And we're brought to you by Oxford University Bank, OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community OUB gives you the comfort of home, all the benefits the big mega banks provide, all the technology and products you could want, all with the personal touch. When you call OUB, you speak directly with the live person, no 10 buttons, no five minutes to wait. What you get is Casasa. It's the absolute best cash checking account. And with Casasa, OUB will pay customers 2.5% interest on their balances, up to $50,000, and refund ATM fees nationwide. Uh, they're also getting completely up to speed at OUB with some of the federal uh, grants 
loans, the loan programs as part of the uh, COVID-19 response. So um, if you need help with that, it's a great resource to go to as well. 662-234-6668 or liveoxfordbankoxford.com. Podcast is brought to you by In-House Interior and Design. You can call or text Nikki and Ashley and find out what they can do for you now or in the future when all this passes. 662-681-6241. A lot of discounts on dorm room assignments that hopefully are needed in August, as well as many more things as well. New client gifts and more. Again, 662-681-6241. Back with another edition of Ask an Ortho with Special Orthopedic Group. And today, uh, Philip Sandifer joining me. And I'm, I'm being my own guinea pig, Philip. Appreciate the uh, the time. I mentioned knee pain the other day. You uh, you heard that. So we thought, you know what? We're doing some telemedicine stuff. We'll just try it out on myself. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a new world, but you, you told me a minute ago that conversations are conversations, whether they're over the phone or they're in a doctor's office, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, thankfully, a lot of what we do in medicine anyway is just uh, – having that discussion with a patient about what's been going on, how long their symptoms have been lasting, what have they uh, done to treat them, you know, did they have any injuries that brought about the symptoms, things like that. The physical exam is certainly an important piece of that, but um, we can still do a lot over the phone or even with uh, visual aids, such as an iPad, things like that. Yeah, you know, people uh, are, are getting out, they're moving around, so, uh, you know, aches and pains and, and strains still can't, can't happen. So somebody calls your office, this telemedicine appointment is set up, kind of what, what, is, uh, what, what is the basics, just like anything else? Hey, what's wrong and what's going on with you? Yeah, you kind of just do a detailed, you know, history over the phone, kind of like, I'd, you know, if you were sitting there with me in clinic. Uh, we just kind of have a conversation about what's been going on. You know, did you, you know, in your case, you mentioned knee pain. You know, when did it happen? It happened when you were running. Did you twist it? Did you sustain an injury? Um, you know, have you had any history of surgery or anything on the knee? Uh, what does it feel like? You know, what, what have you taken? Uh, has anything make it better or worse? Just, you know, your typical uh, history. We call it a history of present illness. You know, how long has this been bothering you? All that sort of stuff. And then, you know, with the with the telemedicine thing, if you have it on an iPad or have you know uh, FaceTime, uh, some of those uh, visual capabilities, I you know I'm able to watch. I could see your range of motion. You could point to where you know you're hurting. Um, I could even you know get you to walk for me and see what your gait looks like. Uh, so there, there are things we can do. It's not uh, as detailed of physical as you would get um, you know in the office, obviously. But there are certain things uh, you know. That we can still do for that. Yeah, m- mine's interesting because I was a, I'm a runner and a golfer. I'm not noticing at all on the golf course, which would be some twisting and some movement from a from a, from a lateral thing, which I would think. And even running straight ahead is not a problem. But I've noticed that it's gotten a little sore and a little sore, and it's it's becoming a little more constant as time is going on. And it's just right there on the front of my knee, uh, in that the crevice on the inside is where it is. And especially if I'm even doing something like going down to sit on a couch or sit in a recliner or something like that, it's a it's a pretty sharp pain that kind of hits me when I make that motion in kind of in a downward uh, flex position. Yeah. So, I mean, just listening to you talk right now, it could be a, a couple of things and, you know, it could be patellar tendonitis. It sounds like it's when you're bending your knee, um, which it can, you know, is a typical overuse type uh, injury that I've, I've had myself and, uh, you know, it could be uh, some bursitis of the uh, Tez tendons, which insert there on the inside part of the knee. Um, less likely, but could be a, a meniscus tear that could be bothering you. Um, but, you know, it sounds like it might be some patellar tendonitis. And in your case, the good thing is, even if I was seeing you in clinic and wasn't exactly sure, you know, which one of those, you know, three or four possible diagnoses it was, the first line of treatment for you is going to be, 
essentially the same. We're going to try some topical uh, and oral anti-inflammatories. So thing, you know, medicines like ibuprofen, Aleve, and then there's some topical gels that are also, you know, uh, helpful for this. So really, you know, even without seeing you in clinic and being able to examine your knee in person, kind of know, you know, what we need to do right off the bat. Now, obviously, I can't give you an injection over the phone <laughs> or even, get, you know, check x-rays. But, like, the, you know, for this situation, um, having the conversation and talking with you about your symptoms and what's bothering it, you can kind of start getting an idea of what it might be and, you know, try the first line of treatment that we would do even if I'd seen you in clinic. And it could be something that I'm that I am stressing with some of those things we talk about, whether it be running or something else, even though it doesn't necessarily bother me in the middle of those activities. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it could be, uh, you know, just kind of an overuse type thing that uh, patellar tendonitis in particular uh, can take a while uh, to get over. Um, but, you know, especially now, I've probably got more time on your hands to get more exercise and start doing, maybe you're doing some, you know, running more, doing just, some, you know, changing up your regimen a little bit. You can kind of see that in folks, uh, you know, that can come on when, when they, they increase their intensity or the duration of their uh, running or training or, you know, whatever it is you're doing. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. So we talk about, obviously, this is for normal uh, no- normal things that people would see, nothing that's necessarily emergent. But what kind of what kind of cases should people come to you instead of the emergency room for? What What is sort of that, uh, that option um, there available as you uh, try to try to limit overflow in the actual hospital? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, we're, we're seeing fractures in the clinic, and there are a lot of fractures that – don't need to be treated surgically that we can, you know, we're still able to do, you know, casts, splints, um, braces. We can get the x-rays there in clinic. Um, obviously there are some things that do need surgery, even things that need surgical intervention, you know, your ankle fractures, wrist fractures, things like that. We can evaluate that, work that up and get that set up for, you know, pretty timely surgical intervention but through, through the, uh, the office, um, Typically, we can kind of tell over the phone. We have patients call in um, and kind of explain what's going on, and you know we can kind of triage that over the phone and say, well, that that may need to go to the emergency room because it, it may need to be something that's you know handled at a hospital. But usually, you know, an, an urgent care might call us, or a primary care doctor might call us if they've got you know some, an X-ray report or something, or they're telling us kind of what's going on, and we're able to triage that and point that patient in the right direction. But we, we are still seeing, I mean, you know, the injuries are still happening, even with everything that's going on with the coronavirus. So, um, you know, we're able to see a lot of the stuff in clinic, either handle it non-operatively or get the patient set up for, you know, appropriate surgical intervention if it's needed uh, through the clinic. I know, the, I know the sample size is so small, but with people home more, you talk about exercising, doing things around the house, just doing anything to kind of move around a little bit. Are you seeing fewer or more of, of those types of injuries so far during this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm in hip and knee replacement, so I'm more of the arthritis, you know, wear and tear, chronic, uh, you know, kind of uh, joint deterioration uh, type procedures in the hip and knee arthroplasty world. But talking to my extremity partners and my my sports medicine partners, I know you've had Dr. Moore on uh-huh. before. Um, you know, with with baseball not going on right now and other things, I mean, I think they're seeing less of these you know, acute injuries, and obviously a lot of the stuff, the chronic stuff, like the rotator cuff tears and things like that, we're kind of putting that on hold right now. Um, But we're still seeing some fractures. I mean, people are still out there, you know, uh, out getting exercise and doing other things. Um, So I think 
that kind of stuff is kind of holding steady for right now. But, you know, the kind of thing you're describing, we're not seeing a lot of in clinic, obviously. We may see you know, telehealth, you know, for things like that, like the pelotoninitis, stuff like that. Um, but a lot of folks are kind of, you know, they're they're trying to do their part and they're kind of staying away from the doctor's office for the most part for things like that. Whether it's something that I'm dealing with or something more serious, uh, special orthopedic groups still open for business in Tupelo and Oxford. Again, 662-767-4200, the number to set that up. And if it's something uh, serious, walk-ins are welcome. So Dr. Stanford, really, uh, really appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks a lot, Chase. So, okay. Um, we got tagged in this on the board a minute ago, and I actually had seen this. Not April's Fools. Uh, and it was a flop the first time, but Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson attempting to uh, give some sporting events during this thing. They were trying to finalize a uh, coronavirus relief for charity golf match that could happen in May and also feature Tom Brady and Peyton Manning on the teams, a two-versus-two competition that would be uh, Woods and Manning against Mickelson and Brady. Four carts. Um, Four carts. Uh, definitely separated and even like any commentary or anything completely off-site only just people oh, wow. is, is whatever is needed there on uh, on uh, on site so again they say it probably won't be pay-per-view You're probably looking at Turner or uh, at least some, some type of Warner Media for uh, for the broadcast for this but that uh, they are finalizing neg- negotiations and it looks like it could happen sometime in May so we'll watch anything right now I promise you it would get rev- it would get it would get uh, ratings Oh yeah, as much as you could do. Hey, oh yeah, the four of y'all together are gonna hit golf balls. Fine, whatever. I think we could watch four twenty handicappers right now and get five million people to watch it. Just anything, sure. Yeah, I'm I, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I watched yesterday uh, the nineteen ninety two NBA All Star Game and mm-hmm. part of the two thousand three NBA All Star Game. The ninety two All Star Game, which is a hell of a game. It's the game of Magic came back from the HIV and stuff. Okay. <clears throat> breaking Kobe Bryant was really really good Michael Jordan was really 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 good I had this pulled up yesterday um, when we were talking to Heather it feels like eight years Kobe Bryant died two months ago yeah two months and four or five days yeah that's it yep it's crazy I mean it feels forever one of the questions in my mailbag was who would win the dream team or the uh, redeem team, if everybody played that that year, those if you you know it's obviously not possible to do that, but if you did, and I was like, the more I went down that rabbit hole, I was like, oh wow, that would be a fantastic game. So what'd you come up with? I think the dream team would win because they'd be a little better in the post. Okay. The redeem team, the redeem it would be. Fun to watch though, because that would you would get you'd get Kobe on Jordan the whole game. You'd get probably Pippen on Durant the whole game. The advantage would probably come with the dream team would have to use they'd have to flip it up defensively because they'd have to put somebody the point guard on that team was was Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. You'd have LeBron on Barkley be fascinating to watch that the problems is is that there, there's no real matchup for magic johnson which was the reason that he's one of the five or six best players to ever play the game and uh the the patrick ewing issue would be one that that the redeem team would struggle with how much they would be forced to go with tyson chandler or would you be able to play lebron as the center 
play KD at the small forward. It'd be fun to watch if those two teams could play a seven-game series to watch it develop over the course of a series would be absolutely awesome. I know we're never going to see that because obviously some of the people are no longer with us, unfortunately. But um, if a computer could put that together and make it last, I'd, I'd actually watch the simulation. You'd be all right with that. Great players. Like when that when the '92 All Star Game tips off, nine of the ten players on the floor are on the on the dream team later that summer. Just brilliant. Just. So some of the players were just – I mean, you forget how good Chris Mullen was. Um, the, the NBA, the NBA PA, and 2K have partnered to produce an NBA 2K tournament that will air on ESPN and ESPN2 starting Friday. Basically just uh, doing esports for NBA players right players now. Players are playing, um, yeah. Yeah, players are playing. The tournament will run on ESPN until 8.30 p.m. Um, and then transition to ESPN2 until 11.30 p.m. 16 NBA players will compete, including Kevin Durant, Trey Young, um, Hassan Whiteside, Dominic, Donovan Mitchell, sorry, and Devin Booker. Um, the winner of the event will receive one hundred thousand dollars to give to a charity in support of relief efforts. So there is a that. Let's see, they are seated. Let's see, players were seated based off their player rating in NBA Two K Twenty with Durant a ninety six overall in the game as the number one seed. Players who were tied in overall ratings were seated based on tenure in the league. So your um, your matchups, if you care, are Kevin Durant against Derrick Jones Jr. Is uh, Trey Young against Harrison Barnes. It is Hassan Whiteside against Patrick Beverly, Neil's boy. It is um, Donovan Mitchell against, uh, help me, Rui Hachimura. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, Washington Wizards player, 79 overall. I don't know. Devin Booker against Michael Porter Jr. Andre Drummond against DeMarcus Cousins. Zach Levine against uh, DeAndre Ayton and Montrezl Harrell and DeMontis Sabonis. So those are your uh, your players for this event. Carson will probably watch that. I don't know that. I don't know that. I, I don't know that I'll get locked in on that. But yeah, I don't. He, I'm, he will. I'm, I'm good. A lot of kids will. A lot of young people will will absolutely watch NBA players play mm-hmm. NBA 2K. There is something therapeutic and kind of relaxing about watching video games on the internet or on television. I don't know why. I'm not a video game guy, but I will yeah. say there's something about it that's just kind of okay. I don't hate it. Even it's in times right. like this when I have time to do it, that just doesn't it just doesn't do much for me. You've got to you've got to kind of make an effort to uh, to 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 do it and then it's like, "All right, yeah, okay." I know the shocker of all shockers, um Godwin with the Bucks has given Tom Brady the number 12. Um, Benning, Tom Brady paid for the number 12, I'm sure, yes. but either way. Probably a very nice watch or something. I'm sure there was something involved there. I have no uh, no doubts about that whatsoever. But. Webb, as always, uh, my friend, thank you so very much. Um, yeah, and I, I completely agree with what you're saying, is that they, the, uh, the first responders, the medical people, police, all of those people right now are more in my thoughts and prayers than – ever before i think because we all in the real world just sort of take in the everyday world we just sort of take them for granted as being there and now you read stories about like especially in some of these hot spots new orleans and new york these first responders the emt people are having to go into these houses and and it's not a matter of if they're going to get infected it's when and how badly and can't imagine living like that and they do it every single day just 
it is a chore right now to figure out how to be informed without just being inundated with everything. It's really complicated. Yeah, and I think different people are different ways. Yeah. Just kind of just like we talked about earlier in the show, it is just based on, I don't know if there's a right way or a wrong way or anything. I just think there's just different people have different approaches to it. Not not right or wrong or it's, you know, I mean, the SEC canceled spring meetings yesterday, which was not a big shock, yeah. and they can do a lot of that online and stuff, but that's a that's just kind of a symbolic end to their year each year. You know, it's a, a kind of a, a place where they get together and they there's a lot of camaraderie there and a lot of things get done and a lot of things get talked about. And, mm-hmm. It was going to be at a location, though, where, frankly, the beaches are closed right now. Or yeah. will be or whatever, so. Yeah, you know, so crazy so it puts you know it puts the next thing on the clock so someone i was talking to another national sports writer not that i'm a national sports writer i'm not i was talking to a national sports writer who said so it puts media days on the clock now and i was like yeah it really does doesn't it and he's like yeah i mean that's that's where we are and i said that's when if if there's going to be a panic that's the range of panic because that's mid-july and if People say, hey, you know what? We don't need to put all those people together in Atlanta in mid-July. That's off. People are going to start saying, okay, well, what's next? Because what's next on the clock is report dates yeah. and, and fall camp and that kind of thing. For our uh, Louisiana and New Orleans listeners, I see I'm um, reading here from Carly Wells' Twitter account that uh, Trader Joe's has closed its Metairie location after two employees have tested positive. So there in uh, in Metairie, that is a uh, shutdown at the uh, at the moment. So the big thing I'm listening for yep. is test mm-hmm. test. It's so the one thing I want to hear more about test and antibody test and being able to distribute those, being able to get those done more effectively, where we can get an idea of who has been exposed, who hasn't, who's at risk. Maybe who isn't as as much risk. And then I'd love, and I don't know if we've had enough time with it yet, if they've been able to do any clinical trials about if you've had it once or if you've been exposed to it, which I guess means had it, mm-hmm. are you at risk to get it again? Right. Yeah, I, what, I, is, what, what is the period of immunity that goes with having it? Yeah, I'd love to know those answers. I think those answers would go a long way in being able to shape some decisions. It's like, you know, we were – Laura and I were talking this morning, like, you know, if Campbell goes back to Arkansas, are we cool with, hey, you know, like this past season in September, she went down to Dallas and they went to the A&M game that they play at the Cowboy Stadium. And that's an annual thing between Arkansas and Texas A&M. And, and I was like, I, not on my dime right now, not without a, not without a, a vaccine or without better knowledge of where we are today. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping the next 60 days brings – more concrete information about what is and what isn't mm-hmm. so all right we will uh we'll close there for the day again back to uh tomorrow we've got some guests lined up for you really over the next week or so still working on trying to uh entertain inform trying to bring some normalcy to your uh your life as much as that is possible so appreciate everybody in the live stream for uh hanging out this morning appreciate carl for giving us a little time as well and we will talk to you again tomorrow